on this week's episode, this podcast was recorded entirely in a single take. Another wonderful episode of Scary Podcast to Tell in the Dark. I am one of your hosts for the evening, uh, John Charles. And I'm the other host. Um, wait, fuck, I fucked up the delivery. You're good. You're good. <laughs> oh, you know, either just keep <laughs> it in. forgot my goddamn name for a second. I mean, I'll either keep it in because it's fun to laugh at your forgetfulness, <laughs> or I'll just edit it out. I guess you'll have to find out when the episode eventually goes out. <laughs> But um, yeah, my sure I will. Sure I will. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So, <clears throat> and I'm your other host. I'm Barbara Dieselbrain. And uh, we're here today. We're on this show. Uh, this is episode two of our uh, of our wonderful podcast in which we discuss horror, uh, primarily horror movies. Is what we're looking at right now. Just. Looking at some of our favorite horror movies, some classics, ones we've missed, uh, new ones that come out, ones that we want to see, maybe even just a scary game that we're playing once in a while. Who cares? Whatever. The point is that we just want to talk about a genre that we both really love and talk about in a fun and casual way that's accessible and promotes discussion. Um, we got a really, really fun one today. Hell yeah. Super, super excited to talk about this I, movie. I am so fucking excited to talk about this one. Holy shit. I'm I'm be real. I didn't go into this one expecting to dig it this much. Uh, like no, same, same here. It just told, it absolutely caught me by surprise. Um, so the uh, the movie that we're talking about is One Cut of the Dead. Yeah, this was this was one that was somewhat on my radar. Um, I I live in Chicago, so I often frequent the Music Box Theater, and they are very good about picking up both international films and horror films, especially underground stuff, underground and indie stuff. And this was a movie that they had a midnight screening for. And when I first saw it, I wasn't sure if I wanted to get out and see it, just because as I get older. I I feel like I'm too old and too tired for midnight screenings. I just want to see a movie at 7 p.m. Oh, oh no, I can't, I, can't, I can't go to the weekly spook em up my bones. If they rattle, they break. It's, it's late. I gotta, I gotta leave the house late to get there. And then I gotta, I gotta get a coffee. And sometimes kids yell at the screen. And I gotta drive home. And kids yelling at the screen does suck dick, though. Don't do that, please. Yeah, please don't do that unless you're at a specifically like rocky horror picture show or or a horny rowdy cats screening i'm i'm be real i'm very real i've been to rocky horror shows not fun in my opinion that's my hot take <laughs> of the evening that shit's not fun and you know why it's not that i don't it's not that i'm not down for a riff i love a good riff where like everybody kind of agrees we're gonna just kind of 
you know, sit there and, and fucking just go to town on a fucking you're movie. Lucky, you're lucky you like a good riff, because if I recall, that movie has both riff and ref. <laughs> but, like, what actually bugs me about, like, Rocky Horror events is that they're all canned riffs. Like, it's not people, like, improvising. It's, like, they're jokes that have been going on for fucking, at this point, decades. And I can see part of the appeal for that, but for me, that's not very appealing. That doesn't, that don't do it for me. Like, I, I feel like at that point, I'd rather just um, watch the movie, like, vanilla, at that, rather than watch it um, with that style that I tend to see at shows. Like what just what gets me about that is that uh, for for a movie going experience, it feels a little inaccessible. But I'm I actually to segue into back to the movie. Um, I think this movie is shockingly accessible. I I didn't expect this movie to be as uh, easy viewing as it ended up being. Um, I I know talking to a lot of friends who who love who they don't love horror but they are interested in it they're morbidly curious about it they have an anxiety about where to get in because the last thing they want to do is either end up in a situation of a you're in a movie theater that's just too violent and intense for you and you kind of feel like you can't leave or or i guess b you end up in that rocky horror situation of you feel out of your element amongst the people who are in the audience and that can make it kind of hard to connect with the movie right there and then but this this guy, one cut of the dead, who we this is this is a fun little one. Um, I know up front we did want to kind of preface this that we're probably going to talk about this movie in two halves. Um, this isn't a huge spoiler, but there is a bit of a twist to the movie about 30, 40 minutes in, and it's going to be kind of hard to talk about the movie as a whole without talking about the second half of this movie. So we're gonna spend the first half of this movie kind of talking about well the first half. Guys, for the first half of this podcast, talking about the first half of this movie, um, it's not going to be super spoilerific. And if you feel like what you're hearing here is is uh, it entices you to want to check this out, we really highly encourage you to big, do so. Big like, time recommendation! Holy shit! Seriously, uh, get to the halfway point, stop listening, go watch it, come back because we I we really want to get into this. Um, Barb, right off the gate, what did did you did you did you enjoy this one? Like, wow, how was your experience I, watching this one? It like I've you always hear the um, description of a movie or a game or what have you as being a roller coaster, you, you go, or like an emotional roller coaster, more specifically. And rarely have I ever felt that phrase truly matched what it was being applied to as this movie because it, it it it's not that the movie is like oh it's so out there or it's <laughs> oh it's so crazy no no it's, it's not because that it's because you are i felt myself go through so many conflicting and just polar opposite emotions through the runtime of this film and I think some of it was very much on purpose. Some of it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think it was a like as an experience watching this movie for the first time and not and going in blind. I should stress, I went in dead blind. 
Um, that that's an experience I'm glad I had. Like, fuck, this was good. Absolutely. I, I like I was saying when I was at the music box, I just skipped out on it. And in retrospect, I now kind of wish that I did just just because when it comes to indie or underground horror, you don't really know what you're getting, and the last thing you want to do is end up in like a reboot of Saw and just not feeling like I can leave and not enjoying it. And I'm really happy to see that this was such an enjoyable and easy to swallow horror film. And honestly, by the end of it, I was also feeling very like heartwarmed. I was surprised by how uh, emotional I felt by the end of it. And it's been a very long time since, since at least a, a full feature film left me with that feeling. Yeah. Um, Here's something I would really like to hear from you, JC. Like, mm-hmm. for that first, you know, half hour, what was your gut instinct? Like, what was just your gut reaction watching that? Um, well, my, my gut reaction was, uh, right, right away it was really clear to me that, based on the name alone and the way the movie was shot, that, oh, okay, this is uh, going to be a horror movie about zombies i mean of the dead you, you if you use of the dead you're implicitly saying there are mm. gonna be zombies in this like that is that is just the universal symbol for there's there's ambos in this and the one cut you're gonna do it in one cut uh this movie right away was really clear to me that this movie was one shot it's gonna have zombies and that it had a very uh underground feeling to it um yeah. It's really clear from the get-go. The movie's just being filmed off a handheld digital camera, so the quality of the movie is just total shitty. It just I, for a second <laughs> I was I I watched this off a of shutter, and I just I was watching it on my Xbox, and I was just thinking, geez, the shutter just have like poor buffering, or, or what's up? Do I need to adjust my <laughs> HD settings or my router? Like it, it just it looks a little rough at first, but. That honestly lends to the charm really, really strongly. How, how about you? How about what, what was that first impression when it just came on and it had this very raw, rough and raw appearance to it? It, I mean, it, listen, the movie came in rough and raw, and it fucking took me for a ride. Like, I, my initial reaction was uh, was probably kind of negative, to be honest. Oh, like, same I here. Think, I think. Which I know that sounds like an indictment of the movie, but I actually do need this. I do need to stress. Stick it out, please. Trust me, stick it out. But um, yeah, like pretty strongly negative. I know there was a lot of feelings of like, geez, this was that, and um, like I I wrote down all these notes <laughs> about the about that first. First thirty minutes, I wrote down these legit ass notes, and then just in the middle, when the thing happens, I just write in fucking all capital letters. They played us like a goddamn fiddle. See, I actually ended up watching this movie in in two halves, and um, yeah, you told the, me that the, the, the premise of this movie is that uh, it's a movie. About a movie. Um, there's this small ramshackle. Uh, I guess is film this the crew. point where we're just gonna straight up move on to discussing it proper? Uh, a, a bit. I, I don't necessarily know if we need to deep dig deep into like a beat by beat play by play of this one because the the plot is fairly straightforward. I, I just want to at least uh, give that preface of what the movie was was about. So yeah, this is this is, this is us diving headfirst into that pool of the dead. Just 
Yeah, so if you, if you want if you want the twist to not be spoiled, this is the point to shut off the podcast. Go get well, some popcorn. Well, hold on, hold on, it. hold on. I I think we I think we can talk about this first half. Like I I'm interested in talking about this first half because I definitely want to kind of get into the part of this movie that is exactly what you're getting advertised on the box. You know, this, this movie okay. this movie crew is filming a movie about zombies at an abandoned water filtration plant, and somewhere in the process. Uh-oh, it turns out the zombies are real, and the director who's filming this movie refuses to stop the camera. So we're not seeing this movie. It's it's weird. It's kind of a found footage film in that we're def- it's definitely from a POV. There are many times throughout where the director... he The director has his own camera, and he'll often turn to the camera and just yell, Don't stop filming. So it's definitely clear from the outset that we're we have a POV of somebody on this crew as well. And it's, it's. I will say one thing that's yeah. cool is that I, I do like the fact that like the camera is a character in its own right because oh, of that. Absolutely, I I think my one of my favorite moments about the camera as a physical premise, presence in this film is because this film is shot in a single unedited take. Uh, there is a part where uh, one of the sound one of the sound guys gets grabbed by a zombie when he steps outside to get a smoke. And uh, when the zombie's tussling with them outside, he totally barfs all over his face. And there's a, a flick of barf that just gets stuck to the camera lens. And I, I was looking at it the whole movie, and I, I was just thinking, like, oh, man, is the, are we just going to have to look at this the whole movie? I mean, that's cool. It lends more cadence to the fact that this is one shot because, you know, you get stuff like that, uh, like 1917, or there, there was another movie that did the whole one-shot thing recently, too. But the trick is, is that, obviously, it's not one shot. Like, somebody will walk through a door or walk across the screen, or the lights will go out, and through the magic of CG, that's where the clever edits are to stitch the shots together to make it look like one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually find that interesting that you pointed out that bit, because um, I didn't notice that. The one that I always think of is instead probably a much more obvious one, which is um, about midway through the movie, um, one of the characters chops off a zombie's head with a hatchet, at, you know, as you do, mm-hmm. and blood splashes. It's you know real gory. There's probably literally somebody like with a tube spraying it, you know, uh, underneath the camera, and um, some of that fake effects blood gets on the camera lens like there's a couple droplets that are on there and it's not just the fact that droplets are there but then as the camera person is running running later through like with the rest of the actors and running to another location uh switching scenes essentially um without breaking the cut or anything you know he they take a uh, wash rag and they drag it across the screen clean it off but just kind of I don't know. Maybe maybe it sounds kind of pretentious, but I like that little that little bit of presence, that sense of like, no, somebody's holding this. They they recognize that there was something on the screen that cleaned it. There's something nice about that. And I mean and that that was that was precisely the moment when the when the, like a barf on the camera was gotten rid of. I I was sincerely wondering if it was going to be there the whole movie, and it was when that wipe happened that it went away, and I was just like, okay, good, okay. I wanted to look at that the entire time. The other one is the part where. Um, the camera falls on the ground and we get this whole sequence that is 
caught where you know the actors are having this confrontation um, in front of and around the camera, but obviously. Um, this is the one part of the movie where we get a truly stationary camera shot. And I actually thought that was kind of interesting, and they call back to it in an amusing manner later. Um, it, what's, what's, what that, what's great about these uh, action scenes in this movie, uh, at first I kind of hated this, and eventually I got more endeared to it, but you don't actually see any of the action in this movie. Um it, it reminds me so much of a gag you'll always see in cartoons when there's a big explosion or a fight, and you're not shown the explosion or the fight because that would cost a lot of money to animate. <laughs> but what you see instead is a cross shot of the somebody, an observer, watching it. Like, I, 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 I thought back to that bit on Invader Zim where... I think it's I think it's like the one with the with the webcam when Zim's eating the waffles and shit's going down and Gurr is just explaining what's happening and he's like, Oh man, this thing's flying through the window and now there's cops and lasers <laughs> and so every time there's an action scene you don't actually get a good clear shot of it, but a lot of times what you get are these prolonged shots of somebody looking at it, reacting, screaming, or having blood thrown at them and at first i was a little put off by it because it just felt it felt like the movie was taking a shortcut to to in order to keep the one cut the one shot the one cut viable and easy to not screw up they didn't show that stuff and they implied it and at first it felt a little cheap to me but by the third time it happened i was laughing my ass off i I couldn't believe they just straight up committed (laughs) to that bit i was in it to win it at that point Oh yeah, they they commit real fucking hard at that at one point near the uh, quote unquote climax, um, where I think we go almost a full minute of um, of this woman screaming while two other humans are duking it out on a rooftop. Oh, that was absolutely where I just started losing it. It it it, it was absolutely in that realm of it's. It went so long, it stopped being funny, and then it went just long enough that it became <laughs> hilarious again. That was the part that actually killed me. And I was I was watching with my girlfriend, and I was turning her turning to her, and I I was just saying like, "Can you believe this? Look at this! They're not going to show us any of it. Wow! Just everything but the fight itself. I love this. I love this." Which does make me think about something else regarding this movie too. Um, it's it's very it's a very small production. Like this is an indie production. Um, did you actually see anything about the uh, the the budget and the gross for this movie? Yeah, I fucking did. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It cost about uh, twenty five thousand dollars to make. Which no 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 no. It cost about twenty. Wait. Yeah yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, that was twenty five thousand yen, but you're right. It's it was like three hundred thousand yen, which at at the time, two thousand seventeen money translates to twenty five thousand. Sorry to cut you off like that. That's fine. That's fine. Money math is annoying, but um, it made over twenty five million. And yeah, it it made it made like close to it made close to to thirty to thirty million. It. it it made literally about a thousand times more than what it cost to make this movie. <laughs> Which, this is kind of a different topic, but I feel like it's definitely related to this, where it's like, um, one thing that's always kind of interesting about horror is, um, 
of a lot of genres, it kind of is the one that, historically speaking, will have these tiny, tiny productions. Um, often, you know, you get one that'll hit it big, and it'll just get these insane dividends. Mm-hmm. You, you saw it all the time with, like, a slasher flicks in the 80s and stuff like that. And it's kind of something that I feel has been lost in recent years where you, you don't get as many of those uh, um, little like really small independent movies not that there aren't any of course but I feel like um, mm-hmm. it's harder to come across like you, you have to search a lot harder to find those. Yeah, I, I, have, I have like a very specific thing I want to I want to talk about in regards to this in the second half but I 100% get what you're saying um, I, I like, like I said I found it so I found it hard to find this movie endearing at first because um, a lot of the acting is really stilted. Like I said, the camera quality is really low. The shots are kind of weird. They kind of linger a little too long for even even understanding that uh, it's the it's this one shot of a movie. There was just so much about it that felt so rough, but it was that roughness that by the halfway point of this, it just... It just really, I, I found myself warming up to it because I just had realized I hadn't seen anything that just felt, it, it felt it felt like I found a videotape in a box or at a Goodwill and I put it in and this was on there and I couldn't stop watching. Like it, it had that kind of quality to it. And even these actors in this movie who, as I understand it, just as far as um, Japanese actors and actresses go, are very unknowns. Um, while some of them are really stilted, others, like the director who is filming this movie, has the greatest charisma. And I, uh, God, that the director <laughs> was so fucking good. Holy shit! Yeah, like these, these characters are getting chased around by zombies. And by the way, I want to reiterate: I know we keep talking about how there's blood and gore and viscera in this movie. It is not gory in a way that's gross at all. It's this, very. This is fucking it's very, strawberry syrup. <laughs> it, yeah it, it's very halloween it's halloween nights at bush gardens kind of stuff like it, it, not to say there's jump scares but it's it, it, you're, you're not gonna get grossed out watching this movie it's it really is it really is a high school production level of effects but this director just brings it because these characters are getting chased around and getting blood splashed at them and hacking zombies to, to bits off screen of course and every <laughs> three or four minutes he just pops back in the frame and he's like keep rolling keep rolling keep rolling don't stop filming yeah yeah go for it no 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 i'm gonna throw this zombie at you and i'm gonna film it so he's got this absolute just this tom six insanity of just he will film anything and everything that's happening and the actors are freaking out because they have no idea what's going on i really i really loved his character um because i felt like in most like this movie really feels like your run of the mill like stock zombie movie um, played in like triple fast forward, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's part of the appeal is that it, it feels like a just a bite sized mm, crunch of a zombie movie, not necessarily a good one, but it feels like it, it's got everything that you, you would expect of a Zambo flick, and part of that. That I find the funniest is with the director, with how oftentimes in Zambo flicks, there's going to be one human fucker that, you know, they snap and 
I wouldn't go as far to say they join the zombies, but they definitely become on the same level well, of you're, threat. You're saying, you're saying, as you're saying the, the true the true monster is uh, is man. Man is a true monster. <laughs> correct, correct. And this guy, it, there's not even a transition. He's just the moment it the moment the zombies show up, he immediately switches to, well, society's crumbled. Time to fucking go bonkers. Time to fucking just scream and oh, throw Zandos at people. Well, his total motivation is that he's he's from the very start of the movie. We see this very stilted um, zombie love scene between like a lover and her boyfriend, who's now a zombie, and she can't bring herself to kill him. And it's awful. The acting is just horrible, and she <laughs> just can't sell it. And the director runs in and he yells at her. And he's saying, "You, you, you're so fake. You're so bad at this. You're bad at this because you haven't felt a single real emotion in your life. I hate working with you. And you, the dude, you've been giving me shit all day. You're awful at this too. Nobody's real. You guys are bad actors. You guys don't feel real emotions. And so when the zombie attack starts happening, that's absolutely." His, something in him snaps, yeah. and he realizes he's catching the true emotion that he couldn't get out of them when they were acting, and that's absolutely why he's obsessed with not stopping the camera. Like, in in this uh, abandoned plant where they're filming, apparently it was built on top of a, like a zombie <laughs> experiment lab of some sort, and he performs the blood ritual to bring the zombies to life. So he, he's the one who's kicked everything off to begin with. By blood ritual, we mean, of course, he wrote a pentagram in blood, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the last shot of the movie is this uh, rising crane shot where you just see the the very clearest day pentagram just drawn on top of the entire filtration plant. It, it it has the same vibe of, like, the endings you'll see in some modern horror, like The Witch, but at, like, one one-hundredth of the polish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seriously we can't stress it enough this movie is 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 rough and honestly right when we get to the point where the uh pentagram shows up um something very surprising happens well not that surprising because it happens in all movies actually can but... i touch on one thing real quick right oh before yeah we please uh one thing i did want to touch on and i kind of got this vibe um when i was watching it but i I, you know, I did some reading to get a little more of an idea of the thought process behind the movie and stuff. And one of them was that um, those early scenes of the director getting just so angry at the actors and actresses and really mm-hmm. just getting, frankly, emotionally abusive and in their faces, you know. Oh, incredibly um, abusive. Um, that... That was an early scene that was heavily inspired by the production of The Shining with Kubrick. Oh my god, you're totally and Shelley, right. And Shelley Duvall, like that, that was explicitly um, an inspiration for that bit. And that, w- that was something that I immediately caught on to. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. And I mean, that, that, totally, that totally works up within the fiction of this world where you can kind of feel that the... The spirit of this uh, this this uh, filtration plant is kind of shoot uh, possessing. It's possessing this director to just get aggressive and go nuts. And yeah, it absolutely has that horrendous Stanley Kubrick energy. Oh my god! Because like that is a problem in the industry, not not just film. A lot of fucking industries. Um, you know, where like 
marginalized creators will get just mistreated um and that drives people out of the business like not to get serious out of nowhere but that's you know that it, it is it is a stark thing to get reminded of even in a goofy movie like this Oh, absolutely. I mean, one could say this is an extremely goofy movie. And <laughs> thank you, even, thank you. Even to, even to that degree, it's no matter how good the art you get out of it is, it's never really worth it to to push people that much. I feel like it's a very old school method of thinking. This this thing of oh, well, my teacher, my dad, some authority figure in my life was hard on me when I was a little shithead, and that's how I learned to get over myself. So I obviously have to help somebody else learn to get over themselves so they can be great, and that's just not an experience that everyone needs. And this movie is such an extreme; uh, it just pushes that idea to the extreme of to the point where the only way this guy feels he can get true performance of an actor is when he's literally putting their lives on the line. And that, and I think that through line extends to the second half, which do you want to officially talk about that now? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, let me, let me close this out and we can take a quick break. Um, I mean, it's at this point that, uh, something that there is, there is a slight, the credits start to roll. You don't really see it coming. Aside from, as I said, every movie ends with credits. And it's at this point that something feels off to me. Because as you said, this movie moves at a very fast clip. And I, I, I hit the button and I look at the, the timestamp. And it's only about 35 minutes in of 90. So I'm just sitting there thinking, what the where fuck? the hell is this going to go? And again, if this movie sounds like fun to you, we both already highly recommend it. We had an amazing time with this. This is the point where I'd say, turn off the podcast go watch it they come back for the second half of this discussion if you're the kind of person where you don't care about having it all before you go in or you don't figure out to watch this one you can still stick around get to have a good time but absolutely if this sounds remotely interesting to you do yourself a favor sit down it's short it's easy to watch it's not it's not grossly violent it's not it's not skeevy there's no creepy sex stuff no nothing nothing like that it's just a surprisingly good fun haunted house of a time <laughs> yeah the, it, it's a good spook em up and it gets really cool with where it goes after the break listeners we're here to talk about the second half of one cut of the dead um again if you haven't watched this movie yet and you think you want to watch it we highly recommend that you do so before continuing on to the second half it's such a major spoiler and it's such a big twist that i'd hate to ruin it if you think you got an interest but all the same let's strap in buckle up and let's take this ride together so Essentially what happens after the quote-unquote credits roll is 
we get revealed that obviously it's a movie it is fake but within the fiction of (laughs) this within the movie I mean, we, we had, we had a title card that comes fake. up and says one month early, and the the quality of the camera jumps from this shitty YouTube 480p quality to just a full-on HD, clear shot of I everything. Mean, it, I mean, it's not even just that. It's the, the you know, the camera quality gets better. The camera work gets better. Um, better sound quality. Um acting gets better <laughs> well i don't i don't know how much experience you have with this but as soon as we jump make this jump to the flashback to a month before the movie stops looking like this grungy american found footage horror movie and it just straight up looks like a japanese sitcom like a japanese yeah. drama I, I don't know if you ever like mm-hmm. sat down and watched any of those where there are these very um very well shot tv shows it's it's a huge step above an american soap opera but it still feels distinctly like a tv show to the point that we even do get tv style opening credits where we go through i don't think the actors but the characters in the movie (laughs) there's actually a tv theme song in the middle of this movie um do you do you want to take the do you want to take the reins on explaining how to how uh this opens up with this flashback um Oh gosh, that that's actually something I kind of have the hazy, haziest memory of. Like I feel like everything else was hitting so much that that bit really didn't hit me. Actually. Oh, I mean, I I can totally understand because, uh, like I said, I wasn't entirely sold on what turned out to be the first third of this movie. I thought it made for a really great short film, and I didn't know what else I could do with fifty minutes. And when it made this jump, I personally was just very confused and a little bored. I, I kind of felt, okay, where is this going? What is what what is there left to explore? This is clearly not the same story because it just looks yeah, different. Yeah, I think, like, this, this is where I was talking about the roller coaster. So you had, like, so that first third of the movie, you had probably a point where you're, for, like, half of that quote-unquote movie, it, you're probably pretty low. You're trying to figure out whether you like it or not. And at least for me... Started to like it more near the end, but was still really confused. So when it switches over to the real world, we essentially have to go through the beginning of a movie again. And personally, I always fucking hate the beginning of, of movies. Um, I, it's a fundamentally boring part for a lot of flicks. And uh, it unfortunately kind of stays the same here. But I think that's okay in the grand scheme of the movie because things pick up later and it picks up fast and frantic but in a distinctly different way than the frantic mood of uh, the one cut of the dead film at the start yeah like the movie doesn't play all its hands at the very start um when we flash back we do see the director who is the director who was in One Cut of the Dead, we see him before the events of the movie, and we find out that he's being hired because he he he, he he's the anti-Mo Rutherford from the stuff. <laughs> he's cheap, he's fast, and he gives you a very average job. And he's being hired by this um TV network that's starting a horror channel. To it film. honestly sounded like side like the Japanese sci-fi channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what my like mind the, went to. It just is called like the zombie channel, like just all zombies all the time. <laughs> yeah, like once it once once they gave us that name, I was like, okay. 
This he, he's, you, you know what kind of TV channel this is. All right. He, he's basically getting commissioned to make this uh, movie for the channel to launch with, and they're coming to him with the entire premise and script and everything, that it's going to be exactly the movie we just saw, a movie about a film crew that goes to film a shitty zombie movie at an abandoned filtration plant Turns out the filtration plant is built on top of a zombie lab. The zombies are real. The director brought them to life through a dark ancient ritual. And now the director refuses to stop cutting. So he is being commissioned to make this movie that we literally just saw. And so it's immediately... Wait, with one extra twist. With one extra twist that we were not aware of. Um, Which one? It was, it was all being filmed live. Like, live online. People were watching. They're, like... They can't take another take if it gets ruined. They have they would need to figure out something on the spot, and that's kind of how things goes when things happen later. Oh, I, I think I missed the fact that it was live, which now makes a lot more of it make a lot more sense. Because holy shit, if you're a TV network, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> but I think the movie also makes it really clear, especially by the end, that. Uh, the main producer lady who approaches her is an absolute idiot about this sort of thing and is literally asking you know, as TV and execs are. Again. So the next the next the next chunk of the movie, the middle of the movie, is the casting of this movie and the production, like the pre production of this movie. So we see them casting the actors, like they get a they get um they get an idol to be the main girl in the movie. Um, there's a big uh, famous uh movie star teen boy in the movie um we see the director at home with his wife and his daughter and he seems to want to get his daughter involved in his movie career but she has to have an interest but he gets her involved when he's like hey this actor you really like is gonna be in it and it also totally turns out that this actor is just an absolute shithole of a person who doesn't give anybody the time of day he just is a very stuffy uppity actor (laughs) i I, I actually don't know if I would necessarily describe him in that way. I I would say that he's kind of a dick. Like I'm not, he I, he's not a nice guy. But I think um, rather than stuck up per se, I think it's that he is lost in his ideals for working on like capital A art. Oh yeah, that's it. He's kind of he's a very um he's a very method actor type. So he's he's constantly criticizing the script about zombie wouldn't be armed with an axe or zombies don't need this or I would feel more comfortable if it was more realistic like this. And the ultimate irony is is once we get to see him acting, he actually is one of if not the worst actor in the entire movie. <laughs> uh, it's we just see him getting surrounded by everyone on this crew is just some level of liability. Um, the idol actress, she is good at her job, but her her agency has a lot of restriction on what they can and can't do with her because she's an idol. Um, can't get vomited a, on. She makes a Spoilers, point of the fact that she can't get, get vomited, vomited on. on. I mean, I think I think honestly, when I apply for most jobs, that is something I do say is you know it's, I'm I'm glad you guys like my resume, uh, my CV, the interview went well, but I do have one caveat. I'm sorry, it's a deal breaker. Can't get vomited on. Please do not vomit on me. <laughs> he He's finding himself surrounded by every type of liability. Um, there is another actor who 
refuses to drink hard water. It can only drink soft water because hard water gives him diarrhea. Another actor is an older guy who is uh, he he's a he's a shambling alcoholic because his his family was driven apart by his oh, alcoholism. God. That fucking part where he's talking to the director about how he's he's trying to quit drinking and he was showing him the fucking photo of his kid like I you know I invited her to come visit me and we would we would hang out for the day and I got nervous I started to to shake so I drank and I couldn't I missed it <laughs> like he start he he starts laughing that awkward laughs and then that slowly um turns into him just weeping and the director just having no clue what to do although then that dovetails into kind of a cute little moment well, i don't know about cute but uh interesting little <laughs> moment of like the director looking over old photos of him and his daughter and like obviously like missing a time where they were closer it would seem yeah um what by the time the movie starts hitting the points where you can see who these actors are and they're so outlandishly cartoonish it's cartoonish it's almost like a murder mystery where everybody has one hook that helps you remember them by the time you start hitting that i think that's where it starts picking up but it's also really clear by this point this is no longer a straight horror movie the first 30 minutes we're watching three people get chased around by zombies while a bloody director yelled at them and for the last like 20 minutes what we've encountered is you know a, a, a drunk father who misses his kids um a guy who keeps reminding that he will get diarrhea if you don't follow his instructions <laughs> he, he emailed them he emailed them like it's just all these wacky zany characters and the music's getting all silly it's very it's it's, it's it's a goofy movie. It is an extremely goofy movie, and it, go, it goes I, from a spookum up to a goofum up. Again, just watching this, I'm just thinking, where is this going? You guys have 50 minutes, so where is this going? But um, you know, as we as as it goes on, there are more complications. Like the one of the lead actresses who's supposed to be the makeup lady in the movie who takes a turn to kind of be the badass gets in a car accident. She's not dead or nothing, but she 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 gets in a car accident, so. The they were fucking up. They were fucking at the wheel. <laughs> the director's wife has to step in, and she hasn't acted in a long time. And the daughter points out that oh, she's good, but when she acts, she gets lost in a role. She goes through a fugue state. Um, she <laughs> broke one dude's arm once, and she had to wake herself up from the role because she just was so into it. So she really gets into it. So they are just gently stacking all these kegs of dynamite. You know, boom, alcoholic, boom, method actor. Boom, bad actress. Boom, don't barf on me. Boom, diarrhea. <laughs> There's just all these dominoes that are getting set up, and you absolutely, like, even in this, even in the table reads, these already start kind of brushing up against each other. There's a there's a point where the diarrhea guy drinks the wrong water, and the other actor, the the the, the, the teen boy is doing a bad job at it, and the the oh, drunk guy is what? passing out. <laughs> can I tell you one fucking part of the uh, table reading that fucking played me? Which which was that? So it was the part where the um, not not the female idol, but the like the 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 guy that was acting alongside her, the uh, pretty boy, mm-hmm. um, where he was talking about he was reading through the script and talking about it, and he like I said, this guy is hot, you know, he has a much more high art kind of outlook, 
and he was talking about the script with another actor and he was like oh this story deals with the topic of racism discreetly and i, I in irl i was like wait did i fucking miss something I actually paused the movie to think about it because I was like, did I fucking miss something? And you then, really did get played not, like a fiddle. But then, not 30 seconds later, another character comes up to him having heard him say that and asks, wait, what, what, can, you, can you explain that a little more? I didn't, I didn't notice that when I read the script. It's it's kind of repeated to the director throughout this production that um you know we're not we're not making art we're trying to make a TV show like that that's what he tells the pretty boy actor is this is just job this is a job don't think about it too much we're just gotta get through this I'm sorry you don't like this script but it's a job we gotta finish it but it's yeah I, this th- po- I think oh. there's a really interesting through line of you know art versus getting a job done and like. Uh, all the tribulations that can happen on not not even just a film production, but any big production with a lot of you know deadlines and limitations, and also like e- even in this part of the movie, there I feel like there was still a through line of like um, of um, you know misconduct on the set, not in the sense of like like sexual abuse or stuff like that, but just like sometimes that you know there was some stuff that was obviously traumatizing to people um and and upsetting that happened that they had to like kind of push through well you know as as it kind of as we kind of get more of these details about all the stuff that's going wrong in the production and we actually start seeing the actual filming of the movie itself um what this whole thing reminded me of a lot actually was that um Bruce Campbell, you know, the guy who plays Ash in all the Evil Dead movies, he's, 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 he's a bit of like a camp horror icon at this point. He's written a number of autobiographies, and yeah, they're, like most autobiographies that are written by celebrities, and it's very self-serving, but it's a really fun, entertaining read. I do highly recommend them, especially the audiobooks, which he reads. And his first autobiography, he spends a good couple of chapters talking about the production of Evil Dead 1, the first Evil Dead, and... When you're talking about Evil Dead 1 and Sam Raimi, you know, you've got Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, his brother, he has like two brothers. It's Ted Raimi and there's a third Raimi as well. Like, and I don't remember his name. And Bruce Campbell, like all of them were all uh, friends growing up and they had, you know, like eight millimeter cameras constantly filming stuff. They were they would film projects for school. They filmed things for fun. They filmed things for impromptu horror festivals. They filmed things on commission for town hall, whatever. Eventually, it all culminated in them getting a bit of, like, a grant to go out to the forest, the woods of Michigan, because, you know, they all grew up in Michigan. They all go out in the woods. No, they don't go in Michigan. They're, like, out in, like, Georgia when they're filming this, actually. So they go, like, across the country. They go out to the woods. They have a small grant from Michigan to make this movie, and they're making Evil Dead, and they're making this movie on pennies to the dime. So... It, it is one of those productions where everything is going wrong, where, you know, people are getting their heads bashed in. Um, they have to sleep in the same cabin that they're recording in because they don't have a budget for housing or anything. So they're having to sleep oh, in no. these, this, this, this cabin in the woods in the middle of winter in, in Georgia. So it's freezing outside and they're trying not to get dithermia and stuff. Like, it, it is definitely one of those, those trying experiences where you can tell that on paper, nothing about the experience was good. People got hurt. People got 
people got injured, things were lost, they pretty much, they're pretty sure they had a camera stolen at some point, like, everything goes wrong, but by the end of it, they came out of it, and they made something they were really proud of, and something that kind of brought them all closer together, and just informed their filming style, and when Bruce Campbell talks back about this, and he, he recollects on it, he, he doesn't mince words about just how how horrible it was, and they were in over their heads as a couple of 20-somethings out in the woods surrounded by rednecks just hoping their cameras don't get stolen and they don't freeze to death in the night. But you can see that you can see that raw, gritty, dirty energy on screen when you watch Evil Dead 1 that's just not there in the later movies. Yeah, it, it is just... I, I think that a lot of that is in this movie. I think it's very much what this movie is about. Like, I think that's a very core part of one cut of the dead and it's even though obviously this is a movie about the process it's not a documentary but um it is interesting to get reminded of the fact that um productions for even relatively small things are often a lot messier than we expect i mean shit having been on a game project um that shit gets messy behind the scenes um, oh, yeah. in, way, the... in ways that people don't know and sometimes will never know oh most people will never know how messy things get i mean i i work in a field of production and i've ma- i've worked in groups trying to put together books or projects or games before and mm-hmm. yeah these are these things are houses of cards that are held together by cards that have already kind of been bent and folded up and constantly you find yourself having to switch out cards as quickly as you can hoping the tower doesn't fall and rebuilding it and stuff like it's it's a it's it's a crazy process but you when you see it through to the end you do end up with something that you can be proud of it's 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 a very unique feeling but this this definitely leads us into the last third of the film which as you can expect, is straight up the filming of this movie. So almost as if you've cracked open the DVD copy of One Cut of the Dead, <laughs> and now you're watching the extremely well-shot documentary of cameras shooting cameras, which in and of themselves are shooting cameras. We're watching <laughs> the movie. We're watching the making of One Cut of the Dead. But from the perspective of these people making it and everything going wrong, because the the director has to step in because the actor who was supposed to play the director in the movie was in the same car accident with the other actress. So now he and his wife are in this movie together and they're, they're, they're going about it at first. And he, he starts improvising a little bit because when he has to yell at the actress and the pretty boy, he kind of, he kind of goes off script a bit and gets really into it. And you can also really tell that when he's yelling at the pretty boy, he is actually venting his <laughs> own, his own frustrations with him because he's yelling about like, you've been doing nothing but complaining and making a stink and you're bad at your job and you're bad at acting, get your shit together. And he just storms off and he, he, he shows up in the camera room and he's like, oh, how'd I do? I know I was a little intense, but, you know, I was improvising. And, yeah, that's an interesting parallel. Like, like it's interesting seeing, um, you know, what we saw, quote-unquote, on screen at the beginning and then seeing those themes echoed in the actual characters outside of that fiction. It's at this point that the movie starts to go awry and the sound guy the the guy who's playing like the sound the guy who was playing one of the sound guys in the movie steps outside and that's where he'll become a zombie but uh uh-oh this guy is the drunk and he just drank an entire 
big ass bottle of sake, which if you've never done is a genuine undertaking. This guy has to feel <laughs> awful. He's face down in the dirt outside. He might as well be dead. <laughs> The director, when he runs off screen, this is when he's arranging things, when he's putting on his makeup, when he's checking on the makeup for other things. And it's at this point that he finds that this guy is drunk and face down in the ground. And he realizes he has to, this guy has to become a zombie. Consider this, they have to weaken at Bernie's a living man to appear as a dead man. Which, honestly, works out in their favor because, you know, when you see this guy in the movie... When you see this guy in the actual movie, he seems like he's way too good at being a zombie because he's stumbling, he can't stand. At some point, he does he does barf on, the, on the, one of the other one of the other like production kids who becomes the next zombie. And now, in the context of what we're seeing, we know it's because he's drunk, he can't stand, and he can't keep his liquor down. So he wasn't actually supposed to barf on this kid. It was very real barf. And when it happens, the kids just kind of like, oh, wait, wait. Can, wait, can I wipe no, it off? Wait. Can I wipe it off? <laughs> and like putting on his putting on his makeup and he's just crying and he's like, Can you can you wipe it off? And they're like, We have no towels. And he's like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like he's just freaking out. But this is taking so long for them to do that the director has um he's he's taken a placard and he's just like everything's going wrong. You have to improvise. And so this kind of starts explaining oh, how god. there's there are these these scenes in the one kind of the dead that go on too long and the act is kind of stilted and they 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 jump between like three or four conversations without ever actually reaching a point so it's just kind of this thing where it's like oh maybe this is for pacing but it's going on a little too long it's a little uncomfortable no that's, that was these actors vamping because they have one shot on live tv to get this right so they just have to keep talking and so everybody in the editing room is just kind of like Lord, what are they what are they doing like what are they what are they talking about like what is it supposed to do and they explain like oh hey the guy's outside and he's he's drunk and you know and then the other domino falls too where where the the you know, the one actor who was being really snippy turns out that he, he kept insisting like you need to tell me where all the bathrooms are like they're gonna be bathrooms here right and i guess at some point he drinks some hard water and he feels the diarrhea a coming on and he keeps trying to sneak off the set and in character directors like where do you think you're going you can't go anywhere so in the movie when cut of the dead he looks like the defector who's gonna run outside and end up getting eaten by the zombies here's the funny thing about that i i actually called that as i was fucking watching the movie like obviously i was watching alone that means nothing but um (laughs) But when I was watching the movie and, and like I saw the way this guy was like trying to get out, all I could think about was like, yo, this guy got a shit. <laughs> this guy got a shit. Oh, he did. And violently so to the point that he just runs off the set. You runs will outside. feel bad for this man. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you just hear him screaming from outside and the director has to chase him out there. And, um, yeah, it turns out he just knew he was just about to literally just explode through his pants. And so he just has to go shit in a bush somewhere because <laughs> he can't do anything about it. They had, they had to get one of the fucking, in, the, like, the makeup women to put the makeup on him as he was squatting and shitting. <laughs> Nobody is happy when they're getting their makeup applied in this movie. It is, no one is ever in a good situation when that's starting to happen. <laughs> it's so good and what i love about this is i would i'm actually 
would love to watch this again because I feel like all these things going wrong that we're seeing how it happened, I feel like it's going to, on a second watch, make that first um, that first 30 minutes even better. But that's one, that's one of the cool things I loved about this movie, though, is you don't even need to watch it twice. They do a really, really, really good job of making these really weird shitty details stand out in very odd ways so that the second you see them recontextualized from the perspective of the movie crew Mm -hmm. it's really clear what's going on you know the 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 second that they were told you guys have to vamp i remembered oh this is where they start talking about hobbies and they start trailing (laughs) off um the pretty boy actor just doesn't know what to do and at some point he he sits up and then he sits back down because he just literally <laughs> does not know what to do with his body to, to kill time. He's that bad an actor. <laughs> or or like how um even up even before this moment, um, the director's wife, you know, was constantly um picking up a lot of different hobbies at home. Like that was part of her character, was that she had a bunch of different hobbies, one of which was like IRL, that she um was studying self-defense and even before the filming of the movie started, you were seeing these scenes of this kind of hokey-looking self-defense guy <laughs> saying that all, all, all you gotta, all you gotta, do, you gotta put your arms up and you gotta go boom. That's where the power comes. That's where the power is. With the boom. It gave me a big mood of that that dude we used to watch in um, graphic design, and he was the self-defense guy, and he was showing how you take your arm. He grabs somebody's head, and it's like in three steps. He says, you take their head, and you go bing, bang, boom. Just like this. Bing, bang, <laughs> boom. It gave me such a big vibe of that guy. <laughs> God. But, yeah, the, the diarrhea man then becomes a zombie, and he's chasing them around. And um, eventually they end up outside getting chased around a bunch Um you know, the, the drunk guy's still getting tossed around somewhere out there. Uh, the guy who got barked on is still screaming a lot, which that's something else that happens, too, is the second you know that actress says, no one can barf for me, she's going to get barfed on. And the drunk guy does barf on her. But, again, she is the most professional actor among all of them, and she doesn't flinch at all about it. Yeah, and no, so... the, like, the, like um, she already just straight up does the best job in the film like her and the director himself are like the standout characters in the actual film film um but then watching them actually um go through the whole process you get even more appreciation for both of these actors because like the as characters within the fiction because like you really show how far the director goes and how the director is actually surprisingly good actor in a cheesy way and you see Mm -hmm. how professional and quick on her feet um this you know this idol is and i think that was really cool this is is when it gets to what you said was your favorite part where the camera falls on the ground because um just in a fight with uh with this idol actress and one of the zombies um, they straight up just back up into this guy and knock him out cold. So he just straight mm-hmm. up falls on the ground and just doesn't get up to the point that they run off the they run off screen and then yeah, the director just re- off and around the camera that has fallen onto the ground. Yeah, the director just kind of realizes, oh, he's not getting up. So they just pick up the camera and start chasing after them themselves. And um, 
when they, they basically just run around outside some more, they have some more fights, uh, a lot of zombie kills off screen, a lot of times because they have to run and get things changed, or that's where they have the Hollywood magic of switching out a zombie with a body double, or somebody just I actually thought that was really cool, because I, I, I actually always kind of wondered, you know, exactly how did they do, like, I always know, duh, it's a body double or not chopping someone's head off, but I always kind of wonder, even in really cheap productions, um, you know, how they frame things and cut things to make it look, even if it's not realistic, how to make it look like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I thought that I thought that was an amusing and enlightening detail to see in the context of this movie. Yeah, just, just really hammering that home of when you're making things. It's, it's not about getting it perfect from every angle. It's whatever makes it look right on screen, that's what you do. That's mm-hmm. what it takes. And that's 100% what this production is as they're running around this facility and everything's just going wrong at every single turn and it's at this point the director checks on his wife makes sure she's okay and um she's just kind of like oh i'm calm dead calm and it's clear at this (laughs) point she has a hundred percent lost in the role and she's now this badass makeup lady who is ready to kill at any moment and so when they go back in the uh in the uh facility armed with a real hatchet mind you yeah, they give her a real hatchet, and when the zombie comes back, she 100% is chasing around with an X, and they just go, this, uh, this is not in the script. She's not supposed to do this. Like, she just believes she is this character now, so she's chasing these kids around with this axe, and the director is trying to get the axe away from her, and she just straight up donkey kicks him and knocks him out. Doesn't <laughs> knock him out, but just knocks him back. Like, it's just going all over the place, and... Eventually, they do manage to get the zombie out, and it's 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 just going off the rails at this point. It's at this point that she's just so off the rails, she chases the actors out of the building with the axe, and <laughs> much like the kid and the stuff, everybody on the crew is trying to stop her, and she no one can hold her down. She's kicking people, <laughs> she's knocking them over, she's hitting them with the blunt end of the axe. She cannot be stopped. <laughs> She's a, going on a fucking rampage, and they, they go onto the fucking roof, and this is where it leads into now your favorite scene, the part where um, we get that a, a really long sequence in the original where we're just seeing the idol screaming at something happening on screen, and she'll, she'll scream, she'll be, ah, ah, screaming, 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 and then there'll be ebbs where it's like, okay, the screaming, she stops for a second, and then... A little too long later, she'll start up the screaming again. And it does that like three or four times. And it is like JC says where it's like you go from, you know, laughing to being like, okay, let's get over it. To then laughing again, possibly multiple times. So it's... But then you see what's happening on the other side. And it's... It is literally... Um, pretty boy actor and the uh, badass makeup lady kind of legit fighting to a degree <laughs> yeah they're they're trying to stop her she cannot be stopped no one can stop her and um everyone off screen is just kind of like you have to keep going until we can get her to stop because she will probably actually kill you if we don't stop her her and, um, IRL husband had to put her in a chokehold and knock her out. Yeah, they, they put her in a sleeper hold and they get her down that way. And then um, they have to then put a fake hatchet in her head and apply the, the makeup as quickly as possible. So it looks like she was killed by a pretty boy. And um, 
all this while, the act, the, the idol just has to keep screaming and screaming. And like we cut back to the live feed where the producers are watching, and they're just kind of like, "This is a." Uh, this is going on a little long, isn't it? And like the lead, pro- the executive producer is just kind of like, "No, I like this. It's it's fine. This is working out great." Which and, is um, which I found to me because like half of the people, including the executive producer, were on their phones for that scene. <laughs> but in the in the scuffle, though, uh, they accidentally knock a uh, crane, a camera crane, off of the roof because they they chase each other up into the roof, and the crane gets knocked off and shatters. And this crane was necessary. For the final big shot of the movie where, like we said, the, the camera cranes up and you see the idol. She's now the, she, she she ends the movie as the final girl. She is the final girl of this movie. And we see her standing in the uh, pentagram of the the pentagram that the director set up to, to resurrect these zombies. And so um, they're they're figuring out, they like, they, they, they get the shot of... Uh, they they get the shot of uh, the the idol screaming and the idol having to confront the pretty boy actor again, where he has now become a full on zombie. And, and this is re- another sequence of, okay, they're gonna do it. Okay, no, they got to Ed back again. Oh, they're gonna do it. Oh, okay. And it is kind of funny because it mirrored the um, it mirrored the fake fake movie <laughs> at the very beginning of. The movie, um, the whole you know the whole thing where the uh, pretty the character, the pretty boy actor's character was playing within the fiction. I can't explain it. It, it, it. They they bookended the movie with two very similar scenes. They, they did very, that trick. It's, it's a very Mobius strip of a movie. One detail I I found very funny personally um, was. After the fight with the makeup lady, um, you know, they put the axe in her head. And because that whole bit was improvised, at this point, a lot of the movie is getting improvised. Oh, the entire movie they're making has gone off script at this... I mean, at the halfway point of the movie they're making, she literally just grabbed an axe and chased everyone out of the building. They're just making it up as they go along now. (laughs) And so... You know they're they're rewriting stuff, and something they realized is that they need the um, they do need the final girl to have an axe for the final scene they have planned, but they were not sure how to get it into her hands. So while they essentially get her to go off and kind of putz around elsewhere, while they lay down a second axe. For her to find and explicitly point out, oh good, I found an axe. So that she could then get into the scene proper. Because otherwise, um, the axe they were planning to give her uh, was quote-unquote stuck in the, um, the makeup actress's head. And because of the way that makeup works for the effect, you can't just pull that out it's it's not a whole axe you know it's that old um halloween costume gag where it's just kind of a a curve cut out that kind of thing i i love how they uh get across to her that um she has to get the axe and get back to the roof because um you see you see a set of zombie knees come in off screen and she kind of gets that hand over her mouth just clasping oh my god i'm disgusted and scared and um, the zombie walks off, and then we find out that 
what it really is is just an AD with um, literally just their knees painted blue to look like a zombie, and they're just holding the sign that's like, get the axe, go to the roof. And so <laughs> she she does just that, and that's that's where she has to start stalling with the pretty boy zombie, and they reenact that scene from the beginning, because um, this is where they realize the crane is broken, they need the crane for that shot, and um, at the last minute, um, the director's daughter, who has been uh, just standing on the side of the the set just kind of watching things gets the idea from an old family photo to she has she has an, there's an old family photo of her as a kid on her dad's shoulders and she's inspired by that to realize that they got to make a human pyramid and that that has to be a crane so everybody else in the movie has to make a human pyramid on the other side of this building and so they're just killing time while people are struggling to get their balance and their footing and just not fall and um, halfway through, the director's wife actually comes to, and she shoots up, and she's just like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And she, they they just push her back down, so she doesn't actually interrupt anything, which just made for one of the weirdest, but also kind of funniest moment, moments in the one kind of the dead movie itself. Yeah, in the actual movie, that's never explained. But uh, they, they pull it off, basically. Um, you know, the, 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 the idol kills the director in the movie, of course. Um, she gets covered in blood. Everyone is dead. Boyfriend's dead. Makeup director. You know, when you dead. say in the movie, that actually does not clarify anything in this context. <laughs> in in the at least in the in the movie within a movie, the meta movie, if you will. But the the human pyramid works. They hold it for eight, nine, ten seconds. Eight, nine, whatever. How are numbers work? I, whatever. I'm looking at numbers. What do you want from me? They get the crane to work. They get the last shot. They hold it. Feed cuts. They get it in the can. One shot, one take. It was an absolute mess, but it worked in the end, and it came out amazingly. Um, it goes without saying that the, la- the last third of this movie is, is incredible and is unlike anything I've ever seen and just really took me for a loop. It was a movie that I wrote off as being bad, then just boring, and it just ended up retroactively making everything that came before it just absolutely amazing. I I am I was so, so happy with this movie. I, I really do hope y'all listening can get a feeling for why I said this is a roller coaster now. This movie is I mean, obviously, you know the twist now, and that's going to affect things um, if you haven't seen it before. But, God, still give it a shot. It's good. Like, it is just... It's a fun time. This I I watched it alone, but I feel like this is a really good um, entry-level movie. Not just because, like, oh, it's not super-duper violent, but also, like, it switches, essentially, to a different genre midway through. So it you get this nice bite-sized schlocky bit of horror flavor for the first third and then the rest is more like appreciation of the craft and i think that is going to that i think that's going to be a good way to kind of um get into the genre if you have always Mm -hmm. wanted to because i think I feel like a big thing with just about anybody I've ever spoken to when we're talking about horror is appreciation of the craft is so much a part of why people like the genre. Like, obviously, every genre comes with craft. That's, you don't get away from that. But but horror is definitely one of those where I think um, it 
carry it, it, it carries some movies sometimes um like th- there's so many movies where like people love them in large part because they're fascinated by the effects by how it was made by the process that went into it it's oh yeah they are and they tend to attract really crazy developments yeah i mean some of my favorite horror movies are are things like the thing and evil dead movies and reanimator which are just entirely founded on these high concept effect shots and yeah that's what i was gonna say was that um i know a a big because I've not, I've not been a lifelong horror fan. I only got into it around the time of college, particularly when I took a a horror uh, film studies class, and that introduced me to just a wide range of uh, different horror films that were out there in the genre. And um, largely, I took that class because I, I didn't know how I was how I personally felt about horror. I had seen a few here and here and there. Um, I had seen The Exorcist as a kid. And that movie did and still does shake me to my core. So I just thought I didn't have a, a taste or a stomach for this horrendous, disgusting imagery in, in movies like this. But <laughs> I, I just kind of, I, I, I just kind of found over the years that I, even though I didn't watch these movies, I was fascinated by the effects work and learning about how it worked. And if you're a creative person, there is a very cool way of seeing how these things are done. And I think this movie is a great tool for. Get it for a stepping stone into horror in that you just straight up get to see this is what it takes to make a horror movie like this isn't going to be every movie but like i said this this reminded me just so much of the specific production of a movie like evil dead and you get to see things like how how does blood work in a movie like this uh what 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 does an actor go through um what is it what is in their mind when somebody's killing or being killed in a movie like this you you get to see what it what goes into the craft of these horror movies but it's framed in a way that at least for the last two-thirds of this movie is not scary at all there is nothing scary like i could see someone being scared by parts of the first part of this movie but there is nothing to be scared of in this third in the third part and at that point you're just fascinated watching this movie get made and you just want to see them stick the landing and it's it's some. Um, it's a thing of beauty watching everybody get brought together by this and seeing it that everybody ends in a very heartwarming manner. It it really does, especially since I guess the the emotional arc of this movie is the director reconnecting with his daughter through making this movie and quick thinking. But yeah, this I can't. I I don't know how to put it. This movie gets my highest possible recommendation. Um, I know this movie has won like a ton of awards. But it, it hasn't had such huge distribution in America. I think it had a few uh, small screenings. That's that's how the music box got it. It's possible it may have rolled through your local art house theater at some point. But it... right now it can be watched on like Amazon Prime. So there isn't there are options in the West to see it without relying on something that might have a limited release at least for now. Oh yeah, and I watched it on uh, on Shutter, the horror streaming service. Um, They've been doing a really good job of just uh, sniping up a lot of uh, smaller indie horror movies. So instead of those movies going to Netflix, where they basically wouldn't find an audience and would just go there and die, Shudder is just giving them front and center, just kind of exclusive streaming rights. So yeah, you can absolutely just find it now on Amazon Prime or Shudder. It's a lot of fun. I recommend you sit down and watch it. It's a great way to spend a weekend afternoon. It's not too scary, not too gory. 
plenty funny and altogether fascinating. It's just so, 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 so good. I, 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 I look forward to more pleasant surprises like this as we continue to do this show. Absolutely. I, I am very happy with this choice in movie. Just, as you said, huge surprise. Give it a fucking watch. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any, any other final thoughts on this movie before we uh, wrap things up? Um, I really liked the eye effects on the zombies, particularly because of that heartwarming, almost like full house-esque photo (laughs) up near the end where half the fucking characters had these awful fucking 28 days (laughs) later stares. They have have eyes like the cats and cats, basically. (laughs) So that was one cut of the dead uh wonderful film great time we recommend it especially for entry levels to the horror genre it's a good good time um diesel where can people find you do you have any projects you want to plug um you can find me at diesel brain art on twitter you can also find me diesel brain on patreon if you want to support my work Um, both of these are not safe for work profiles so if you are underage fuck off Um, but they are both horror adjacent so if you are into sexy stuff and scary stuff you might find some stuff you like and uh you can find me at sonic 9 jct on twitter um my feed is not quite as scary or quite as sexy as barbs but i do talk a lot about uh whatever i'm watching playing reading um i'm playing the last of us 2 right now and i'm having a lot of fun playing that and i've shared a few of my thoughts about that game on uh twitter it's a good time um if you like to write in to scary podcast to tell in the dark uh you can always reach out to us at our twitter uh at at scary dark pod on twitter you can also email you can also email us directly at scary dark pod at gmail.com send in any questions you have send in some questions comments about the episode uh let us know what you think about one shot of the dead if you check it out after this uh, episode. Let us know what you think and what surprised you about it or what you might not have liked. We'd love to hear from y'all. And make sure to subscribe to our feed so you don't miss any episodes. Uh, We'll be releasing episodes every two weeks, so you can keep an eye out for the next episode to come up in your feed. Um, We will probably announce what we're watching ahead of time on Twitter, so you scary devotees out there can watch ahead if you want to refresh yourself with the material before the episode comes out. Um, Got anything else? I think that's just about it, my dude. All right. Then um, this is where we're going to say good night, and we hope you guys have a wonderful time out there. Please stay safe, and um, yeah, don't get spooked. (laughs)